With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When you need to work quickly and confidently, you need Grammarly. It's a trusted AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with better writing. And it works where you work across 500,000 apps and websites. 96% of users agree Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Grammarly. Easier said, done. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for another edition of the Know Your Enemy podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and my co-host, as always, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. Doing great. Doing great. Love to hear that. And uh, as always, on Wednesday nights, we like to have a special guest. Tonight from Arrowhead Pride, Ron Cop Jr. Ron, how you doing? I'm great, man. Good game coming up Sunday. Uh, just not as many, maybe not as many players as we would have liked, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, I, I think we should probably dive into that right off the top, because uh, for those that don't know, both the Steelers and Chiefs are battling a, a bit of uh, COVID issues right now. Um, and right now, it still seems, at the time of recording, we'll knock on wood, still seems like the game will be played at 425 Eastern on Sunday. That As we sit here right now, uh, that's kind of how things are shaping up. But uh Ron, I, I know two of the biggest names on that, uh, not named Patrick Mahomes, so, but two of the biggest names on that uh, Chiefs offense, and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are on that COVID reserve list. Is there any worry that they won't be able to go on Sunday? Oh, absolutely there is. Yeah, no, it, it, it's there's no indication that, you know, it, it sounds like Kelsey has mild symptoms. I, sh- I should say there is an indication. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported that Kelsey has mild symptoms. Um and yeah, we didn't have any positive tests coming out uh, today in Kansas City on Wednesday, um, so that's a good sign. But yeah, man, there's there's absolutely a, a little bit of a scare that the the Chiefs' top two weapons won't be in the game. And and Chiefs fans have kind of known all season, man. We haven't had much of a third guy kind of step up and, and be a guy that can really you know uh, have confidence in uh, going into a game where you don't have Kelsey or Hill. So it's a huge deal, man. This this offense hasn't had to deal with no Kelsey or no Hill together uh, since Mahomes has got here. So it's going to be really interesting to see if they really have to do that, how it even looks. Are there anyone, any other players on the Chiefs that are right now questionable to if they're going to be back or not? Oh, man, it is a laundry, a laundry list. Uh, you know, you got guys like uh, Traverius Ward went on the list earlier with Kelsey. Um, a guy like Nick Bolton, the rookie, uh, went on the list uh, later in the week. Mike Remmers, he was on IR, um, but he he just went on the list as well. 
um, you know, I'm Armani Watts, a special teamer. Um, just off the top of my head, those are guys, and then there's even more. I mean, this COVID outbreak is definitely happening in Kansas City. Uh, you know, it's not a good thing at all. Um, but like I said, it, it's it's early in the it's earlier in the week. Uh, they still have time, especially with the lax protocols we've seen from the NFL, kind of give out. Still have some time to see if they can get off. Um, but right now, it's a lot of guys, and it, it's going to be really interesting if they don't play with any of those how, how they fare on Sunday. So if the Chiefs are without their two big weapons, uh, their Steelers kind of biggest, well, really, the, the Steelers are a much better team against the pass defensively um, than they are defending the run this year. They've been terrible. I, I believe it's three consecutive games where teams have uh, totaled more than 200 rushing yards against. It's just been bad for the Steelers over this stretch, and really, it's, it's been an issue all year long. But I'm curious what the Chiefs kind of rushing attack looks like and if the Steelers might be catching a break uh, if, uh, if those big names aren't available on uh, the offensive side of the football for the Chiefs. Yeah, no, this this rushing offense, man, it should be better. This, this offensive line the Chiefs have right now, it's a very young group, but it's a very exciting group in terms of just how they finish blocks, how they've had to just fire out and nail dudes. Guy like right guard Trey Smith, the sixth-round pick out of Tennessee – you know, obviously, I think a lot of people have realized now that he probably shouldn't have gone in the sixth round. Uh, some of those medical issues had something to do with that. But he's just a stud, man. You know, all the time he's driving guys into the ground. He's finishing blocks. The guy like center Creed Humphrey, the second round pick, does the same thing. And these guys are just nasty when it comes to running the ball. The problem this year, in my opinion, has been a little bit of two things. You know, first of all, the running back room, I don't think is taking advantage of the blocking. Uh, I think a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he can he can shift through the traffic a little bit and, and kind of be a, a quick short burst guy but he's not hitting home runs and, and you kind of want to see these running backs there's these big lanes that I feel like they get sometimes where they just don't take advantage of them man they, they don't get all the yards they only get the yards that are there rather than kind of maybe expand and, and get yards past the point of what the blocking is, is giving them so I think that's one reason why the, the run game hasn't really taken off for the Chiefs this year but also just the fact that it seems like Andy Reid or just the offensive coaching staff in general just really refuses to run more of a uh, you know a, a I guess commit to the run, just be more of a downhill run game. Um, they they kind of just run these these outside zones out of shotgun where the running backs aren't getting downhill. It's more of just a a time filler, uh, you know, a, a way to just kind of get to the next play, you know, chew some clock off the, you know, chew some time off the clock and, and get three or four yards rather than actually be a, an actual part of their offense where they can threaten with that that part of their game. So, so yeah, I think the run blocking has been really good this year, and it, and I think they can take advantage of a Steelers front that. You know, is talented, but obviously has given up some some you know the the run yardage at times. But this running back group and the, and the offense's willingness to run the ball has really hurt them and actually turning that into actual success on the field at times. So yeah, we'll we'll see if they actually commit to it. You know, maybe it is a better day for the run offense. But I'm not banking on it. Speaking of the offensive line, uh, Chiefs got Creed Humphrey, uh, someone that the, a lot of Steeler fans wanted. I know I on, I was cheering for him on draft day. Uh, we wanted him in the second round. That didn't happen. We got Pat Fryermuth, who I'm very happy with Pat Fryermuth. But uh, we have a center who's currently struggling, transitioning from guard to center, and he hasn't had the best season. Uh, how? And we keep hearing about Creed Humphrey and how well he's doing. How good has he been, and what has that addition meant to the Kansas City Chiefs offense? Well, yeah, personally, I've been calling for the Chiefs to do this to where they, you know, they draft the center, you know, first or second round and start him right away. Uh, you saw it with Mitch Morris. If you guys remember Mitch Morris, he's a Buffalo Bill now, but he was drafted by Kansas City and he had a similar, uh, you know, early playing time where he got in the lineup pretty early and became a dominant force. So, yeah, I, I think I think the real thing is, is just having a, a centerpiece there, a higher talent, a higher talented guy rather than 
you know, Andy Reid a lot of the time, it seems like in his career, has, has really trusted the interior offensive line to kind of just be filled with guys, kind of be filled maybe with a late-round pick or just some veteran free agent, not really, you know, the, the actual top talented guys, not really investing a lot in that position. And you're seeing what's happening now when he does invest a lot in that position because they signed Joe Tooney at left guard for, you know, one of the highest guard contracts in the league. And then obviously taking a, a center with your second round pick, that's investing a lot because, you know, center is not a, a position you pick very high most of the time. So yeah, Humphrey just this year has just been so good run blocking and pass blocking. Um, run blocking is really where he makes his money, man. He just moves guys. I mean, he really does. He's this huge wide body. Uh, former wrestler, you can tell, you can see it, you know, how he just, he gets this leverage sometimes, man, where he just whips his hips around and gets, you know, turns on that shoulder and just drives a guy out of the way. Um, you know, he, he's, he's just been great. And I know at center, you know, in pass protection wise, it's kind of hard to tell how good a center is doing in pass protection because, hey, they get a lot of help. You know, they're, they're, they're the guy kind of helping the guards more than just taking a one-on-one -on -one pass pro rep, but it's not like he's getting steamrolled over a lot. And it, it's hard to even see him as a rookie anymore even though he still is it's still his first year in the nfl but he's playing like a veteran he's playing like a guy that's been here for a while and and it's a really welcoming sight for a, a you know a team that has a veteran quarterback that's gonna be playing for a while you like to have your center kind of set in stone for the next uh you know however long yeah no steeler fans definitely know when uh, marquise pouncey took over back in what 2010 i guess it was it completely yep. changed the offense uh how much better uh he made that team all together just uh one spot alone but uh, bringing things back, and of course, the guy uh, taking the snaps uh, from Creed Humphrey, uh, one uh, frog-sounding like dude, uh, one of the better quarterbacks in football. Is uh, is Patrick Mahomes still playing that god tier of football that he just seems like he can't be stopped? Or are teams starting to figure him out? Is he still having a productive year that we've uh, kind of learned to accept from a player of his caliber? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny, you know, his stats, if you just look at the stats, you're like, oh, you know, he's still having a, a pretty dang good year. Why is everyone kind of, you know, maybe, you know, down on him a little bit? Why, you know, hey, Patrick Mahomes, look at the stats, he's looking good. Well, it has been a down year. I mean, it's it's been pretty obvious, you know, defenses have really, really sold out in terms of just not blitzing him at all. I mean, you actually saw it Thursday night, the Chargers actually flipped the script and blitzed him. And I think that's kind of why he kind of got his his flow back in it towards the end of the game, kind of, you know, three straight uh, touchdown drives to end that game. A lot of that had to do with how the Chargers were defending him. They just kind of got a little too aggressive, in my opinion, and kind of went away from what has been working against Mahomes all year. And that's playing those soft coverages, playing those too high uh, coverages where you're not, you know, you're making Mahomes throw those shorter to intermediate throws. And Mahomes is just impatient. That's all it is. He knows how talented he is. He knows the weapons he has. He doesn't want to settle for those throws all day, all game. And if you make him do that, there's going to be times where he just forces one. And, and that's just his, his nature right now. You know, he, he's, he's just this talented guy that's super confident in his abilities and confident in the guys he has around him, like a Kelsey and a Hill. He doesn't want to, you know, check it down to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 10 times a game. But the, the thing is, he has started to get into that more. You know, we've seen it in this win streak. That, that, you know, the, the game against the Raiders in, in Vegas, uh, you know, he, he checked it down. Daryl Williams had like 10 catches, up, you know, the Chiefs running back um, when Clyde was out. So he is kind of getting more and more into getting used to that. And that's helped the offense. That's why, you know, we've seen the offense be a little more effective over this last stretch. But when it comes down to it, man, he, he really does want to be aggressive. He really does want to push the, push, the, uh, push the ball down the field. And especially when he doesn't have Hill or Kelsey, he's really going to have to be, you know, disciplined and staying, you know, not pushing it too much down the field. and and that's where really, you know, he, he can just, like I said, get a little impatient, you know, and, and he just hasn't really been as, you know, on point accurate wise as, as well either. There's been a lot of, you know, some, some throws at feet and stuff. So 
just all in all, it hasn't been his best year overall, but we saw it against the Chargers, man. He can turn it on when, when the defense kind of allows him to. That's the thing. If the defense doesn't allow him to, he's still, we still haven't really seen him break through those, those cover two looks that the defense has been giving him all year. Now, you, you, you spoke about him playing without Kelsey. Uh, the last time he did that was his rookie year where he came in and played week 17. That is the last time he has played a game yeah. without Travis Kelsey. So he's exactly one, and it was everyone was sad. That was that was you know that was him. The whole, they were resting everybody. Uh, every time since he became a starter, he's had Travis Kelsey. What does Travis Kelsey do to a football game? What does he mean? I know Pittsburgh Steelers fans remember 2018 when we had no linebackers that could even remotely cover him. Uh, <laughs> what he did to us. Uh, but what what does he mean? What does he mean to a football game? What does he mean to Patrick Mahomes? What does he create? Yeah, no, he's just a safety blanket, man. Mahomes has always used him as this guy that, you know, what they do really is, is they just line Kelsey up in advantageous positions and, and tell him, hey, run an option route, whichever way you can get open, get open. And, and him and Mahomes have this such an instinctual connection that they can kind of read off each other so well that, you know, he, Mahomes can be thrown to where Kelsey is going on an option route before Kelsey is even making that cut because they just know exactly which move they're both going to make depending on the, the, the defender's leverage. So that, that's to say, man, he just, he really is that safety blanket. He really is the thing Mahomes relies on the most. A lot of times it, it really isn't, isn't him getting like open in terms of a design play. It's not like Andy's cooking up this great design to get Kelsey open. It's Kelsey getting open by himself, whether it's just finding a zone between two linebackers or, or just two defenders in zone coverage or just beating a guy one-on-one -on -one in man coverage. You know, he's been getting beat up a lot this year, and that's actually why he hasn't had his best year. I say that, and he's still, you know, the NFL leader in all tight end statistics. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how, you know, how we kind of judge, you know, a guy like Kelsey and Mahomes just based on these bad years they're kind of having. And all that to say, uh, Kelsey Kelsey is just, you know, he, he is this guy that Mahomes really relies on, and, and they have a great connection. Hasn't been as great this year because defenders are really – or defenses are really using physical coverage, you know, guys at the line of scrimmage to really throw him off his timing of his route. And it has impacted him. But when the, when when he is able to get past those and Mahomes, him and Mahomes are in that connection, you see what happens like against the Chargers. He just gets open and he just has this knack for finding little lanes, you know, for yak ability, man. I mean, I don't know how he does it. He's not the fastest guy anymore. He's definitely, you know, not outrunning anybody, but he's just quick enough. He just makes those subtle moves. He's finesse enough to find those little seams. So he's a special player, man. And, and it was really cool to see him go off Thursday night. If I can follow up real quick. Uh, Mike Tomlin talking about Travis Kelsey referred to him as a number one receiver. He said, no matter what you title him, he's the number one receiver. Would you agree with that? Is Travis Kelsey the number one guy in this team you have to stop? Would you rank him above uh, Tyreek Hill as the number one guy you have to stop on the Chiefs offense? So when you're talking about a defense who they want to stop, I would actually say Kelsey is the guy you, you want to slow down because I think this year, though, Hill has been actually the number one target getter. Uh, Mahomes has actually, it seems like I say, you know, Kelsey is that safety blanket. It does actually seem that it's actually transitioned a little bit to Tyreek this year. Tyreek is getting a little bit more of just these short routes, these quick throws just to get the ball in his hands, knowing that, you know, just depending on the play, a defender makes one little subtle move the wrong way. Hill could take off for 10, 15 yards, even if he catches it at the line of scrimmage. So that's been happening more this year. So in terms of targets, in terms of who they're getting the ball to the most this year, it is Hill. You know, they are really force feeding Hill more than they're force feeding Kelsey this year. 
But in terms of who you really want, you know, if you want to make Mahomes uncomfortable, if you want to make the offense just just kind of slow and, and stagnant, get Kel- or get the ball, you know, out of Kelsey's hands because that's when it's been the worst this year. A game like a few weeks ago against Denver, Denver was really beating Kelsey up and the offense just really could not get anything going. Thankfully, the defense has been good enough to kind of make up for the offense's woes. But, yeah, I, I'd say Kelsey is the most important receiver if you're a defensive takeaway. Because like you just mentioned, man, Mahomes has not had has not had to play a game without Kelsey since he wasn't the you know the real starter. So it, it's a big deal if he doesn't have to if he can't play with him this weekend. Now I do see some people in the live chat uh, saying that uh, oh, we're lucky to get these guys out. They're not out of the water yet. Uh, these COVID protocols are, there's still a decent chance that uh, any of these uh, Chiefs players that find themselves on the COVID reserve list could be back in the lineup, except for Harrison Butker um, for, for other yes. reasons, but he will not be kicking. Um, aside from that, these guys could still be in the lineup, but dialing things back a little bit earlier, uh, Ron, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes kind of got hotter against the Chargers once they started to blitz him. Obviously, the Chiefs are a team that is competing for that number one uh, slot in the AFC, one of the Super Bowl favorites, and the Steelers are just trying to claw their way back into a playoff spot. Obviously, there's a bit of a, a talent differential, um, and like no one's really going to deny that at this point. Um, however, TJ Watt's been a guy that can turn the tables for the Steelers. If they're not able to blitz, is that kind of the key for the Steelers in this game here is have a guy like TJ Watt go off, uh, put Mahomes on the ground a couple times and not have to send the blitz. Is that kind of the ideal world for the Steelers defense? Absolutely. A hundred percent. If you can get after Mahomes with only four guys, I know it's kind of like the cliche you know, any great quarterback, hey, if you can get pressure without blitzing, you know, everyone loves to say that, but it really is true, man. You know, Mahomes, he really takes advantage of the blitz, dude. He's just so smart and so athletic kind of combined that not only does he know where to attack when the where the blitz is coming, he also is just athletic enough to where if the pressure really does get to him, he can still escape. He can make these ridiculous throws running full speed, you know, the other way across the field. So, if you really can play coverage, have those seven guys in coverage, you're doing great. And, yeah, you mentioned T.J. Watt. Uh, this right tackle position in Kansas City right now, it, it's been kind of, uh, you know, fluctuating a little bit with injuries. Lucas Niang, the rookie, actually just came back, was playing, played well against the Chargers. And then he's on COVID, too. He's a guy I didn't mention. And that leaves Andrew Wiley at right tackle. And I, do, and I know T.J. Watt, for the most part, correct me if I'm wrong, comes from that right side of the offense formation, the left side of the defense. Um, I know he moves around quite a bit, but that's just a huge mismatch. I mean, we've seen Andrew Wiley have to deal with, with uh, you know, Micah Parsons and Max Crosby over this recent stretch. Both of those guys have, did a number on Wiley. The Chiefs offense was just able to kind of counteract it by, you know, just running away from him. Or, or you know, one thing they were doing to Crosby was running a lot of screens towards him, kind of taking advantage of his aggressiveness getting upfield. Um, they could try to do that with Watt too, but I think Watt's a different level of, of smart, you know, and, and different level player than a guy like Max Crosby, no matter how good Crosby has been this year. So yeah, that's a huge mismatch and that's a game wrecking mismatch. In my opinion, we saw what Micah Parsons could do against Wiley. He had a strip sack and another sack that impacted that game. Watt could, could do a, have a similar impact. And, and especially with Mahomes potentially not having his top two targets, um, you know, he's not going to be able to get the ball out as quick as he wants to this game. And that's going to be a really big deal against, you know, if, if Watt is lining up against the third string right tackle and Andrew Wiley most of the time. Now, the T's defense has has come alive here th- this year. They started the year not so great. And then they really turned it around to where they're they're recently have been playing really well. Obviously, they gave up some points in the Chargers game. Uh, what has been the difference 
and the Chiefs defense here, you know, the last, what, two months? Yeah, absolutely. It really has just been the, the coaching staff realizing which personnel they need to have in the game, as funny as that sounds. But to start this year, man, Steve Spagnuolo really trusted veteran safety Dan Sorensen to be the starting free safety rather than the third-year safety Juan Thornhill, who obviously is just, a, you know, has more athletic upside, is just more of a playmaker. Sorensen makes plays, but in coverage, man, he is an absolute liability, and quarterbacks are taking advantage of it all year. And finally, about week six or seven, coincidentally, as soon as this win streak uh, start, you know, about started, uh, he switched to Thornhill as the primary safety. Now Sorensen is only in a particular uh, role in the dime defense. So that's one reason. But also another personnel change was Chris Jones. They really wanted him to be a defensive end. And, and honestly, it's kind of something he wanted to do. It's always something he's kind of begged the coaching staff. They kind of uh, told us that in, in the summer. And I think they realized kind of halfway through the year a little bit. And, and you know, I think one thing was, just they didn't have any Frank Clark or Melvin Ingram at the beginning of the year either. So I think that didn't help, but Chris Jones at defensive end was just not working at the beginning of the year. He, he you know, it, and, and like I said, it could have helped to have other guys on the line too, but they, once they moved him back to defensive tackle full time, which happened again, pretty much right. As soon as the, the defense started turning it on around week six or seven or eight, all of a sudden he looks like one of the best defensive players in the league. Again, if you ask me from, from week eight on, he, uh, he's the defensive player of the year. Um, from week eight on he didn't play last week so if you take away that week going into that week he led the nfl in pressures going in there since week eight so all that to say man is jones has been an absolute wrecking ball since he got back to defensive tackle full-time but it obviously helps to bring in a guy like melvin ingram as you guys know um as you guys are well aware of melvin ingram um he has been such a a big help in kansas city we really needed a third guy to, to make an impact and you know, he, he really has. I mean, there's no doubt about it. If it, the box score isn't necessarily filling up for him, but he makes a he makes a big impact in both the run game and the pass game for him so far. And he's basically their starter now. And he plays, the you know, the most snaps outside of anyone not named Frank Clark and Chris Jones right now. So that's been a huge addition for the defense, no doubt. You know, it definitely is funny. Uh, he really didn't make too much of an impact when he was on the Steelers. Um, yeah. Obviously, he was unhappy, gets his way out of town, and he's performing better. So. Uh, good for him, I guess. I don't think Steelers are going to feel the same kind of way uh, like they did last week with uh, Bud Dupree's uh, return to Pittsburgh as they will uh, seeing old Melvin Ingram after, what, six games as a Steeler. But, uh, oh, well, uh, that's just uh, another uh, player we got to face. But when we look at this Chiefs defense as a whole, is there one spot in particular uh, that the Steelers could really kind of try to take advantage and uh, – just run their offense through whether or not that's like throwing the tight ends over the middle, uh, the, the rushing attack as a whole, or just uh, certain just spots and coverages that uh, the Chiefs have kind of struggled against this year. Yeah, depending on what the COVID situation breaks down, the Chiefs could have some cornerback issues this game, no doubt. Um, Traverius Ward, I didn't mention Rashad Fenton. I should have mentioned him at the top two. Those have been two of their best corners this year. Legereus Needs uh, obviously been their best, in my opinion. Um, but when they're in those three corner sets, which Pittsburgh will put them in a lot with, with their three receiver sets they like to do, um, Snead will be in the slot. So when you're talking about the outside corners, the Chiefs, if, if the COVID holds up as it is today, the Chiefs would be missing their two outside starting cornerbacks. And that's and that's where I think that the, the Steelers could take advantage. I think the Steelers, the quick passing game could really be a big deal for them. They could just you know get the ball in Deontay Johnson's hands real quick because a guy like Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker, they've been good in spots this year, but when they've been asked to play a full game, they have been exposed at times. The Chargers game in week three comes to mind. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen just absolutely grilled those two 
on slants all day and then a slow go actually towards the end of the game, a slant and go turned into a touchdown because of that. So I know the Steelers love their quick passing game. They want to get the ball out of Big Ben's hands quick. One way they could take advantage of the Chiefs defense for sure would be get the ball to your playmakers out in the perimeter, make them kind of make one-on-one plays with the cornerbacks in space and, and kind of test those guys because, like I said, they're not the starters. And, and if, they, if the starters were, and I would not be saying they were, they were a weakness because I do like how the Chiefs cornerbacks have been playing, but these reserves could definitely be taken advantage of for sure. Well, Najee Harris has been a really good running back for the Steelers, even though our, our run game isn't so great. And, uh, but he's also been a pretty good receiver. Uh, how are the Chiefs linebackers in coverage? And is, is what do they represent? What, what do you get out of the Chiefs uh, linebackers right now? Man, uh, before Willie Gay, uh, you know, Willie Gay has been out a lot this year. Not a lot, but he missed the first part of the season. Then he actually missed this last game with COVID. Willie Gay is a second-year second linebacker, second-round pick last season. Uh, he's really their only uh, prime athlete at the linebacker position. Uh, Anthony Hitchens, man, he's, he's, he's the veteran in the, in the room. But, man, he gets exposed quite a bit in terms of, you know, just, just outside runs to, to, you know, to off-tackle runs or just quick screens to the outside. And that's really been the Chiefs' problem on their defense, uh, you know, in this in this little run, not just this year, but before this year. And that's why they've been investing in the linebacker position so much is they really lack sideline to sideline range in their linebackers. All that to say, Willie Gay is the guy that that brings that up for them. He he is the playmaker in the group right now. He's actually jumped uh, within the last month or so. He's he's had two plays where he actually jumped the route and and should have had a pick and just pretty much dropped it. Um, so he, he's been a really good playmaker in pass coverage. Nick Bolton actually was – that was kind of his liability most of the year. All of a sudden, he steps up in this Thursday game, three passes defended, and all three were crucial passes. One was at the goal line, one was on fourth down, and then one actually was – ended up in an interception because it was it just tipped uh, into the air. So all of a sudden, Nick Bolton's making plays in the pass game too. So that used to be the biggest liability of this team, no, no doubt about it, was their linebackers, just the middle of the field in pass coverage. But – it is getting better and better, and a guy like Willie Gay absolutely makes plays. He's looking more comfortable and comfortable every day. And and if you're if you don't if you're not careful, you know, seeing where he is on the field, he'll he'll jump around that you think he can't because he's that athletic, that quick, and and he's been a godsend to this linebacker group uh, for the Chiefs. Speaking of this game as a whole, of course, we start off the show kind of talking about to the COVID outbreaks for either team. Obviously, the Chiefs have more guys on that list than the Steelers at this point, but have you heard any rumblings that this game could potentially be a threatened to be moved or um, if there's any kind of thoughts on whether or not that might be a Monday or Tuesday type thing, or does it seem like it's pretty concrete that uh, Sunday they'll play this game? Well, you know, the good news in Kansas city was that we had no positive tests come out on Wednesday. I mentioned that earlier. Um, so that is a good sign. Um, I have not heard though. And Andy made it sound Andy Reed today in his press conference made it sound like that. That's not the case. They're not thinking about moving it right now. There have been no discussions about it. Um, and I do think one reason why is you see these games last week, the, the, you know, the two games that got moved to Tuesday and obviously the game on Monday too, no one really got helped with that, that extra time. Right. I mean, they still had, you know, their, their you know, Garrett Gilbert still had to start and, and other guys that weren't, you know, shouldn't have had to play, you know, still had to play. So, I think that'll kind of be in the NFL's mind too. And and I do think Andy Reid with his say with the league, you know, he's a big figure in the league, just like Mike Tomlin is obviously. They're both veteran coaches. But I really think with Andy, you know, I, I think he will want to play this game on Sunday no matter what. I don't think he wants to delay this, right? I don't think he wants to have a short week going on the road to Cincinnati, which, you know, is, is still going to be a huge game because as much as the Chiefs are in a great spot right now, 
they don't have anything locked up. And, and this COVID stuff could really threaten to, you know, push them out of the number one seed or even the division spot. You know, the Chargers could still win the division if the Chiefs just, you know, continue, you know, losing with this COVID stuff going on. So all that to say, I really think that Andy will push the game to be played on Sunday because I think he'll trust his team. I think he'll, it'll kind of be a confidence kind of thing. He'll say, hey, you know, I have confidence in you guys that you guys can win even if you're shorthanded. But I think that's just going to more be like, it's more of just like, hey, if we lose this game, we lose this game. It's better to lose this game now than on Tuesday and then have a short week going into a big game on the road against a, another team that wants to really fight for the AFC playoff lives just like the Steelers. So I really see this game getting played on Sunday. Steelers have a, have a similar situation uh, where we, we, right. got a, we got the Browns coming up next week. Is this game a big game? Because it seems to me almost like, like Steelers-Chiefs feels like it should be a big game. I don't know if it's the Steelers this season, just how how spotty and and strange this season has been, and how bad they've been at times, uh, or what. But it doesn't seem like anyone really views this as a big game. Like even even when you talk about like oh the Steelers could win this game, and it's like yeah, but even if they did, is it is it a big win? Like it just it's weird. It just kind of feels like this game has kind of been written off, almost like it doesn't matter quite as much as some of the other ones. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. And and these two classic franchises, I mean, whenever they meet up, it, it, it should be a big deal, right? And and I do think it still is because, like you guys have mentioned, I mean, you know, you guys, there's an AFC playoff spot on the line and, and every win counts right yeah. now. And, it, and it's such a jumbled mess right now in the AFC that you don't know, you know, who's going to win, who's going to lose. You have to win every game. You can't depend on any, anything else to happen. So I think, I, I think it's still a big, a big game in that sense. This COVID stuff's kind of screwing it up a little bit, I would say. Um, I do yeah. think because you know I, I'll say it. I this you the Steelers are so well coached. They're one of those teams where no matter how well you're playing as the opponent of the Steelers, I just wouldn't bank on it being any sort of blowout or anything. I mean, twenty nine nothing against the Vikings, and it still comes down to the last play. So it's just one of those things where I, I from our end, I think it was always a big a big game to an extent. I know what you mean. You know, obviously it's not the Steelers of old, but. I think we always in Kansas City were looking at this game like this is a you know the the next move to clinch the division, the Chiefs would be that much closer to clinching it and and every win counts and and this is a home game. I'd say it's still a bit. I'd say we still were looking at it as a big game around here, but I definitely know what you mean. It's just not the same. You know, it's not the same couple of years ago where it's Chiefs Steelers both. You know, two of the AFC favorites. You know, it's just it's just not that anymore. But at the same time, with how jumbled up the AFC is. Who knows? Maybe the Steelers could sneak in and, and, and uh, you know, do some stuff in the playoffs. Who knows, man? If the Steelers are able to win these last three games, they got the Chiefs, then the Ravens, or no, then the Browns, then the Ravens. If they are if they are able to win those three games, they probably win the AFC North just yeah. with how things are shaping out. And uh, I know the Bengals have uh, some pretty tough opponents up ahead for them. So, to me, this is a huge game. Um, so, I, I think for either team, uh, obviously the Chiefs want to win uh, – not only win their own division, but win that uh, top seed in the AFC. So it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. But we are approaching our halfway point in the show. Uh, Ron, I have one final question for you. We always like to put our guests on the spot and uh, try to get a score prediction out of you and what you kind of foresee in this game. And I'll, I'll give you the courtesy of giving two score predictions one with the everyone being out that's currently on the COVID list and one if everyone's healthy. Because really, that that's that's fair. Yeah, and that's the thing. You're not going to know who's, you know, it, it's not going to be everyone back off COVID. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be everyone on the COVID list by Sunday, probably. But um, if we if we're at where we're at now, 
I was saying in our group chat, man, without Kelsey, without Hill, with TJ Watt going against Andrew Wiley most of the time, man, I could really see this being a Chiefs loss. So I'm going to go out and say it. I, I, I'm I, As crazy as it sounds, I'm going to say it. I'd say Pittsburgh wins 17 to 10 if it is the COVID stuff as we're in right now, because I really think the Chiefs offense is going to supremely struggle without Kelsey and Hill. If they are back, if Kelsey and Hill are back, I, I see this the Chiefs defense playing well against the Steelers offense and then the Chiefs offense doing just enough. I'd say about a 24, a 24-14 win Chiefs if, if the Kelsey and Hill are back. Hey, no, totally fair observations. I don't think too many people would uh, argue with you on that one. Uh, Ron, before we let you go, is there anything you want to plug? Check us out, airheadpride.com. I actually do an opponent scout every week. We'll be coming out actually tomorrow. Uh, I, I do a deep look on you guys. So uh, come in, check out the article, and tell me where I uh, kind of missed on you guys because uh, you know I'm not consulting any Steelers people. I'm just doing it myself. So uh, we'll see how accurate I am on, on where you guys are at this year. But, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, uh, our pleasure having you on. Thanks again for jumping on the, the podcast, Ron. Yeah, absolutely. All right, talk to you soon. Now, Steeler fans, if, uh, if you just hang tight on YouTube and Facebook – we're going to flip over to the second half of our show. Um, if you are listening on the, a podcast platform of any variety, go ahead and click over to part two right now. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.